Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to an early week edition and uh, a breaking news edition for a couple hours late, but edition of within, Underground within Sports. Within a Field few Open. hours, yeah, it you know, counts as breaking news. It counts. You know, we, we had to handle some business of our, our personal lives, and the personal lives of the head coach of our basketball team is no longer here, so we're going to get into that. But it is episode 534 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios on a Tuesday night. We got a lot to dive into from the Sixers to the Phillies. The Eagles make some signings. And uh, we'll also talk about the Flyers' uh, new era of orange and black as well with their new hirings in the front office. And, of course, we'll talk Survivor 44 at the end of the episode. But if you guys... Or listening, make sure you're following us at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. And if you want to watch Matt and I, typically every Wednesday night, uh, record the show live. It is on Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you decide to consume your podcast from. That's where you get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week and every podcast on our network, including Matt and Dom with Top Bins, myself and DJ with the Outside the Box podcast, our new F1 show with Casey and Owen Libertor, getting the whole podcast, streamer season, and a whole bunch more content is on the way over there, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are currently at 458 subscribers, trying to get to 500 by Memorial Day, and then obviously on that road to 1,000 as well. Underground Sports Philadelphia is presented by the City of Vineland, and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what the hell is going on, brother? Living the dream, you know? Ding dong, the doc is fired. Doc Rivers fired today. Uh, fitting that we had to record early this week, uh, and Doc gets fired uh, on Tuesday after yet again a disappointing end 
to another Sixers season where they bow out in the second round. It has kind of just become the definition of insanity. And with other coaches getting fired for being more successful in their tenures with their specific teams, it felt inevitable that if the Sixers failed to get out of the second round, Doc would be gone. Yeah, I think also too, it's interesting because I actually didn't think this was Doc's even worst playoff series. Mm-hmm. I think actually um, really the worst one was the Atlanta series. Yes. Uh, I don't think he's been as bad as that since, but I also think that, you know, there was questions about him very early in the season when the Sixers got off to a slow start. You know, it felt like no matter what, we talked about this, whichever team lost the series, I think the head coach probably wasn't returning. Um, it's the easiest, you know, kind of switch to make in all of sports. You know, if you're looking to, to kind of change the direction and things get stale, you try a new head coach. I don't know that it's going to work. Um, you know, Doc Rivers is not uh, an elite coach. He's a good to great coach. Um, I'm not sure who they're going to get to bring in that it's going to be better because I think the largest problem in this series was your stars not playing like stars mm-hmm. and no one's going to be successful. Uh, if James Harden is shooting uh, four for 19, <laughs> no one's going to be successful. Joel Embiid is like scared of his own shadow and gets shut down by Al Horford again. Um, you know, that's just the reality of it. You know, it, I, I really didn't think Doc did too much wrong in this series. I, I didn't think that there was very few times. There was maybe like a few time out decisions or challenge decisions that I think were questionable. Like those are still the, the, the holes in Doc's like, coaching pedigree i think or like um just some of those on the margins decisions are, are not the best but um listen like this was a a, a good regular season team you know and i, mm-hmm. I think if, if everyone had been healthy this year this team could have probably been the number one seed in the east but you had kind of rotating injuries between maxi Harden, and Embiid all throughout the season um i if he gets fired and i i feel like you know he's the one that's gonna you know get a little bit of the blame and I, i'm not upset at doc being fired I, I was never a fan of his hiring to begin with but i actually think like he on the list of people to be blamed for this series loss is like not in the top five i i don't yeah. i don't think it's really as much on him but i also think yeah it's it's hard when you failed three years in a row now to get out of the second round it is it is hard to, to keep your job that way four out of the last five years right it, you know dates back to brett obviously but it's just an organizational thing where there's just no there's no sense of you know we get we got to stop being complacent and we got to you know kind of put our our chips where they belong and it just seems like they continue to uh but they have done that that's the frustrating thing is like it's not like the sixers have been like they have non-aggressive like they've <clears throat> traded pieces they have traded we don't have picks like yeah. we <laughs> we have like gone out you know we like convinced james to take like a smaller deal so we could go get pj tucker d'anthony melton like mcdaniels all these guys like we've done that we've played that game you know already where it's like we're gonna push the chips in and we're gonna get these guys and um it hasn't worked and again like it Part of it, too, is, like, I, I think in the MB discourse, we have lost the sight that he was playing on still, like, a pretty bad injury, mm-hmm. you know? I, not, I'm not going to make excuses for him, because, like, this is, this is like, a trend now with Embiid in the playoffs where he underperforms. He just mm-hmm. does. Like, we have to just admit that. Like, totally. he's, he's never had a dominant second-round series. He's had some good first-round series um, where he's been able to kind of feast on guys. He had a good, like, Atlanta series. That was also mm-hmm. Atlanta, a team that we should have beaten. <laughs> I'll never get over. That was the, the real turning point, I think, in this entire franchise history was, uh, was 2021. But he just has, for whatever reason, and I think it's always hard for, like, a big man to dominate in the playoffs. Like, it's why Jokic is, like, a special player and Giannis, too. Like, 
it's just it's uncommon for guys in those positions to take over that way. And those guys do that. Like Jokic is having insane playoffs. Giannis, when they won a championship, was like putting up big numbers. And Embiid has not done that. Like, sure, defensively, he definitely had an impact this series. Like, there's no debate about mm-hmm. that. Like, he definitely, um, you know, part of the reason I think he gets injuries in the playoffs so more often, even though there are a lot of times freak injuries, is because he's playing so much harder on both ends of the floor. Like, he's not able, he's not going to expend that in- energy, you know, in February, right, right. to play as aggressively defensively as he does. Um, so he, d- he is impactful, but like, he is. Did not at any point look like an MVP, even pre-injury against the Brooklyn series. And admittedly, you know, they were double teaming him a lot. They're trying their best to sort of limit his impact. And that worked. If you're an MVP, you have to make that not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, you know, like that's just, you saw in game seven, one, you know, two stars of their teams do completely opposite things. Jason Tatum, even though he had a dog shit series, played terribly for, I don't know, four fifths of this series. Jason Tatum was terrible shooting them out of the game a lot of times they probably win this series in five if jason tatum is is having like better performances right and part of that too is doc system and part of that too is like the guys that we brought in this year that we that we pushed in uh to try and you know like compete with some of these athletic wings in the east and they were able to limit jason tatum's to like really crappy first half shooting nights but he took over in Game Seven. He had fifty points. Took over in Game Six when you should have won in Game Six. Right in the fourth quarter of Game Six when he had a terrible first had three one quarters, point. and he he comes in the fourth quarter and he wins in the game. And like Joel Embiid has never done that. I and that sucks to say, but he mm-hmm. just hasn't. And like we can blame Doc Rivers, you can blame Brett Brown, you can blame any coach, the next guy, whoever it is. But like Embiid has to like, and he admittedly he says it himself, but he also said this after the Toronto series. I heard this same exact thing. That he didn't want to be back in this position, but whatever, he was going to work hard. And listen, I love the guy. I will root for him next year, but this is why the entire season I was not believing. And this is why next season is going to be even mm-hmm. harder for me to believe. Because I just, we're like, how am I supposed to buy in? How am I supposed to spend like four months watching this team and deluding myself into thinking that they're actually going to make it? I'm just, I'm not going to ask him to win a title here. Right. I'm asking him to get to a Prove that you can finals. get out of the second round. Like, you're not, you will never be a finals contender to me if you can't even, they've never beaten a good team in the playoffs, ever, ever. They've never done it. And I, all this to say, I don't know that Doc Rivers is what was standing in between them. I, I, I really don't think that. Like, I, the, the Hawks series, even too, like, yes, Doc was bad in that series. He deserved a lot of blame for that series. Ben Simmons absolutely, you all saw it. He lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Tobias was terrible at series. Matisse Thibel was horrible. We like, and that I think that's what's frustrating about this series loss too is like role players are, were generally pretty good in this series, mm-hmm. and and that's especially what, in Game Seven. And that's what's frustrating. You know, like if you if you told me before at, at three o'clock on Sunday, PJ Tucker's gonna have eleven points in the first quarter, I'd be like, we are winning that game then. Like yeah. that's I, <laughs> you know, like if he if he's hitting shots like, and we just would never. Never got back into it in the second half. Um, just a a really meek performance from Embiid and Harden. Um, and again, you know, like that's that's for me when I look at the series. Like I think of this more as like Harden was terrible mm-hmm. for a a good portion of this series. Embiid did not play the first game. Was hobbled and was again though ineffectual. Like you know, and listen, like while you're out there, you're still being judged as you are. Right. But whether you like it or not, like that's. No one, no one cares. No one's going to remember. It's already been lost, like I said, in the discussion about Embiid that he's playing on this injury. Because nobody cares. Once you're out there, you're mm-hmm. out there. You're no longer – no one's going to give you Especially the Especially when you're taking the brace off. Like, you're playing with just, like, a sleeve on your knee. Like, that is showing progression. 
you're not as injured as you once previously were. No one's going to, but even if you were, no one's going to give you the violin anymore. No one's going to say, well, you know, he's in, no, (laughs) because it's also, you have a history now. Like this is, this is what this team is known for. And I think too, it's going to become a mental thing. I really do. I I think it already probably was, but I, I don't see how this doesn't have like a psychological effect for them. And I don't think they can overcome that. I think that's, I don't know if they, like, believe in, like, the boomer, like, uh, like culture stuff all you want. But I, I, at this point, you have to say, like, there's something about this team, about this organization, about this culture of this this entire team that is just kind of cowardly and just does not step up in the big moments. This is not the first time. This is not the first series. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know that Doc Rivers was like the problem there doc rivers is like it's probably fine to fire him i'm not like upset at that mm-hmm. but i just i don't know what the the future is for this team and then you look at the list of names like three of these guys are retreads you get, like are pretty you, much do, all of them are retreads. do you think mike d'antoni is gonna come in and like fix this team god no this was the list that Woj put out um and it's it's brought to you by we're gonna take our shot with wasted wedge here with these uh these coaching names and a new age of golf has arrived well now that doc's fired matt he's gonna have plenty of time to hit the links uh and maybe he needs to uh visit our friends over at wasted wedge because if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family look no further than the lineup of wasted wedge products and merchandise these wasted wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course you guys can check them out at wastedwedge.com or find them at wasted wedge on Instagram and Facebook. That's at wasted wedge. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook and check out their website, wastedwedge.com. Woj put this list out right after he put out the uh, the breaking news announcement earlier today. The Sixers search for a new coach is expected to include Mike Budenholzer, Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and Monty Williams. None of those names interest me. Um, I, you, I want someone to tell me honestly that any of those guys are going to be better than Doc Rivers, please, because they're like I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not inspired by any of those. Um, and I, I, like I said, I, I don't know where this team goes goes from here. I think the larger question is what you do with this roster because Harden is leaving. Like mm-hmm. we've heard it for the last four months about all the links to Houston, every big NBA like plugged in person has tweeted or done the story on like Harden back to Houston. And well, you know, like, listen, I, I just find you it knew very... he was leaving at halftime of game seven. Right. I, I, I just, I find it very hard to imagine Harden being back next year. If he is then great, but like, we're just good luck in the playoffs again with mm-hmm. this performance suit, you know? Um, so that's going to leave you, I think it's like eight or 9 million in cap space with, with Harden out of the picture. Um, who knows if you can get a Tobias trade done, if you can get off his contract and then, you know, maybe open yourself up uh, to whatever. There's not good free agents this summer, but, you know, maybe maybe exploring some kind of trade option. Who knows? But again, the Sixers did not have a ton of assets. No. They're in a the very awkward position. I think the next coach has to be able to do two things. They need to be someone that I think can, like, get the best out of Maxi because that is clearly, mm-hmm. like, the, the guy future. that we're going to need to depend on. And I think I'm positive about him coming out of the Boston series because he wasn't amazing in that series but he was relentless and was not he was quit did not was not afraid of the moment in that series and I think that would have been very easy and understandable for him to do because he's really struggled against Boston really his entire career um 
and but he he never did that and i i think that's that's a good sign for like just his like personality mm-hmm. and his his, his attitude um so the next coach is really important for Tyrese Maxey and hopefully like someone that can like get something out of MB this time of year and and like i i, I don't know what it is his shot selection was terrible and and i i have to believe that it's mental for him cuz he's like he has this syndrome that you see in like some like star athletes that have never gotten over the line in certain mm-hmm. situations. And again, we're talking about this like it's the finals. He, this was just to get to the conference finals, mm-hmm. you know? And we're going to, like, retread this and analyze. And it's like, this team can't even get to a conference finals. And we're, like, losing our minds. You know, like, it's just... We it's, were seven years old the last time this team was in the conference finals. Unbelievable. And the Heat in Boston, this is, like, the third time now I'm going to have to watch a stupid conference finals between these two. Like, it's disgusting. But, you know... He like tries to do this like hero ball stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's like he, when he doesn't have to, right? And it's like also you have better options. You are incredibly skilled. Like do you, he just has his way of forcing it. it. Just gets very frustrating. So, you know, the next coach has to do that. I don't know that any of those guys are doing that. Him and Nick Nurse, <laughs> I <laughs> I cannot imagine that relationship. Um, although they already have a funny relationship as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I would be. I would be hard pressed to find Nick Nurse uh, making making a huge impact here. I truthfully want it to be someone that's like an assistant or a G League guy. Like I kind of want it to be someone I have to Google, you know, that, because th- those are the head coach signings that I think are are more effective. Um, like not that you can't get by with a retread or a guy who's like a known name, but I. I just I, I find it very hard to believe that out of those lists, any of those are going to be. Can I tickle changes. your fancy with? I'm giving no free ads here. It's an offshore uh, sports book, who they have as the favorite to become the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers at three to one. This is JJ Redick. Yep, I would never watch this team again. No, I'm already like close to like not watching most of the it's regular season because why that would, would I, be ridiculous? Why would I spend like two and a half hours like every other day watching this team that I know is just going to collapse? in may again if they even make it to may next year because again without james harden you're probably not even a top four seed in the east mm-hmm. probably six or seven you might be a bubble team next year because Embiid, we know he's going to play like 62 games which is fine that's you know but oh, explain to me how this team is winning 55 games next year and it's going to be a top three seed it's pathetic I- <laughs> the fact that the 2012 sixers the last year before the process got as far as any Joel Embiid led team, just sucks. It's just and part of it is, part of it is beyond just Embiid. Like if we're having like a larger discussion, you know, we can go all the way back to Sam Hinkie being relieved of duties mm-hmm. in the Colangelo years. The Colangelo, like term, is yeah. really what I think like misdirected this team. Um, Elton Brand's decision making and uh, ownership getting involved and in, like Ross's decisions, I think, is really where this this thing is all turned. Um, and we talked about this, you know this is the best roster Embiid has had around him. Um, and, you know, but it's still, you know, Tobias Harris, like a max player. What the hell is that? You know, a, a maxing Ben Simmons early and even when he had shown signs of not progressing mm-hmm. at all, not improving at all, um, being really ineffectual in the playoffs. Whatever happened with Jimmy Butler, no idea, but it's going to be so sick to watch him in the conference finals again. Uh, that's that's an awesome, awesome feeling. So, I just, it's it's like I said, it's it's really frustrating. Um, I'll say this though, like I'm not nearly as defeated as I, as I was after Atlanta, um, even though I feel like this was also a great opportunity for the Sixers mm-hmm. to go to finals, and that's because it's just been so worn down by this team. It's just it's 
it's exhausting at this point. You know, you just every year is just the same story where they have this like up and down regular season. They have these good moments. There's usually like a good individual story. You know, it's Embiid's MVP the last two years, and you kind of get bought back in. You know, because they're like a top seed in the East, and uh, you know, like it's kind of breaking their way, and it's just it, it they, they fall flat, and um, it's 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 a, it's a really hard uh hard job being a Sixers fan, but um, God bless us. And I think with Doc too, like while he wasn't like the biggest issue with this series, like you kind of have to look at his general resume of postseason uh, lack of success and where year in and year out from the time he was with the Clippers to his three years with the Sixers, 3-1-3-2 leads were just his bane of existence. Yeah, I mean, it's it's anytime you hear like a stat, if you're like reading an article or something or listening to a podcast, you hear like, yeah, it's only – <laughs> this has only happened uh so many like doc rivers has, has blown three one leads and you know, the three two I, I think against the celtics is like it's bad but it's also like when the when the individual players are missing wide open shots mm-hmm. it's it is just hard for me to blame a coach there like it just is like they shot like 20 something percent in game six from like what how is that doc rivers fault he's getting them open no. shots like i i don't know i i when like harden and Embiid like just lose it and 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 can't play and harden like there's that that turning moment in game seven two where he has that that flagrant mm-hmm. and that that like could be like a sliding doors moment maybe like the momentum really shifts like both home crowds were ready to throw in the towel like yep. that's what's hilarious about the series too is like both home crowds are so ready to turn on their teams um if if we had won i guarantee you celtics fans would be saying right now that jason tatum is dog shit and that he does he does this he has got terrible shot selection he's a selfish player he thinks he's Kobe like I'm telling you they they do be saying the same exact dumb shit that they should be shouldn't be bringing Jalen back uh, Joe Mazzulla's got to go whatever whatever um, and you know that both both of these teams were in such like similar positions and it's again you know the Sixers chance to I, I <laughs> just it's it's unbelievable that we that we we fell the second round again but. At least we're uh, at least we're consistent. I don't know if it's too early to to beg this question, but is this like the beginning of the hot seat for Daryl? I it probably should be, but like I, I actually think Daryl like brought in like good. Like pieces. I think this like, was this his is, best offseason. This was definitely his best offseason. But um, if he hires like Mike D'Antoni, it's like all right. Like, do you have like any new ideas? Right. Like. This is like Daryl Morey is right now like a director's had like a hit movie. Yep. You know, and it's like, all right, you know, we're waiting for the next project. And it's like the next movie that comes out is like, that was good, but it was a lot like your first movie. You He's know, like, literally like Fast and Furious. Right. Like it's, you know, we're, we'd like to see something a little more original, you know, something that you like worked on separately from this. Um, so who knows? I, the know. Sixers are just the Hobbs and Shaw of Daryl's Rockets tenure. It's it's hard for me to like like Daryl Morey because he just seems like an insufferable person. Personally, like he just seems I don't know like weird crypto freak. And like I think we've forgotten that this team has been really unlikable over the last few years too. Um, and I I, I, <laughs> I just I and it's like it's complete- so hard for me. It's so hard for me to imagine myself sitting here in November, like excited about the Sixers. You know, it just it just is, and that's I think that's what sucks too. Is like spent a lot of years like watching this team, caring about this team, talking about this team, and just every year it's like, what am I doing this for? Like I I had that moment this year where it's like, 
what am I doing? Like, why, why am I, why am I like sitting here and like watching this team? No, like just knowing that this is, this is what it's going to lead to. And like, why should I care? Why should I care? Mm-hmm. Why should I be invested? They in don't this? give you a reason to care. Unlike the, the three teams that we have seen, you know, recent and perennial success from in this city, from the Eagles, the most recent run for the Phillies and the Philadelphia union. Like they give you something to be excited about or like get geared up for, you know, there's, there's constant big free agent signings or they're just the epitome of consistency with the union. Like these teams give you something to, to get behind. And the Sixers just have not done that. Yeah. And I I think it's weird because they've been consistent in the sense that like they've done what the opposite of what we wanted the process to do. Like Mm -hmm. we are in, the weird mix zone that you theoretically tank to get out of where you're like, you're this good regular season team, you know, be like a, a maybe a top seed, maybe like a middle seed type of team. You are you're in the first, second rounds, but you're never really a finals contender. Um, and we went through those years of tanking and, and got Joel and beat out of it just to be back with like Drew holiday and, and the bunch, you know, like it's just, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we're uh, that we find ourselves back at square one. It feels like, and that's I think that's and you know we got the goddamn draft lottery tonight. And that used to be my favorite night of yep. the year. Um, and it's like it just makes me wish that maybe you know I I just wish I wish that this was my game seven tonight. <laughs> I wish that at eight thirty, you know, I could be like thinking about it and, and and diving deep into like who it is. What we're we don't even have to, like pick swap to look forward to. Right. It's just. What are we going to do? <sighs> Sixers go 154-82 and 82 in three seasons under Doc Rivers. Kyle Newbeck tweeted uh, Doc's, like, parting statement. Um, I have it right here. He said, I really enjoyed my time in Philadelphia. What a great city. I want to start by thanking my staff, the players, and the ownership group for their support. We got a lot done in a short amount of time. I'd also like to thank the 76ers fans. Woo. You guys are tough, and I think you've learned I'm tough too. I absolutely love your commitment to the city and its teams. Never lose that. I wanted just as badly as you to bring another championship to Philadelphia. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to lead, to learn, and to love this great city, Doc Rivers. I, you know, like, at the end of the day, like, I I really don't feel like all that negatively about Doc Rivers. Um, I don't, we should have never hired him in the first place, Mm -hmm. but. I, I wish nothing bad for him. <laughs> like I, and he'll like, you know what? Like he'll get a nice payout and get to like hang out and probably get some, some other job. Like he, he will definitely get another job. Mm-hmm. He'll get another shot somewhere. Um, I don't know. You know, like he funnily enough, actually like him and Brett were both like great in press conferences. Yeah. Like fun, like fun guys to listen to. Like always had like good quips. Um, Brett was definitely more like philosophical. Whereas like, uh, they're like you, the two uncles you would kind of want to see at like mm-hmm. a holiday. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, listen. Doc calling out <laughs> Jackson for laying in his bed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, you know, like he's, he's a fun guy. Um, I, but like I said, I I don't know who you get that's really raising the floor. Like you're gonna have to do some. I, I, if we hire any one of those guys off that 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 five from from Woj, I, like we're done. Like it's, I'm sorry. The, the, I I really don't see that being the way. Um, I think if you if you really really want, like want to give it one more shot, I think you have to have to do your homework and you have to have someone somewhere that is like the next guy. You know that 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 can take you places. Like, explain to me how Joe Mazzulla is like the fourth choice for the Celtics. 
and is is in a conference or you know like you know that and that's what like I, I just I don't I don't know who you're getting. I, I don't know who I don't know who you're getting. It's fine to say fire Doc. Cool. I like I'm fine with Doc being gone, but like I, I hope that we have like a real plan and not just like Daryl Mori Mori like going through his Rolodex mm-hmm. of like and it still has its Houston Rockets logo on the back. Yeah. And like, well, I'll call Mike D'Antoni. I'll see what he like Just got a picture of Hakeem Olajuwon. Just thumbs up. Yeah. Awesome. I just um I'm I'm over the Sixers. I, I brought it up on... I'm so over them. On the most recent episode with, with Pitts, I said, and I figure I'd bring it up to you, is it fair that the Sixers are on probation from being talked about on this podcast? Probably not probation, because they're going to be relevant, because they're going to be doing stuff that's like impactful for their future. It's not the Flyers where it's like, why should we even say a word? What is there to even say? Mm-hmm. You know, um, still have relevancy, and like, and B just came off an MVP season. Um but it's definitely like a. I, I don't. I, I just don't know how I'm supposed to buy in. I I don't know how I'm supposed to trust this team, ever again. I, I and what's crazy to me is we're talking about getting out of the second round mm-hmm. of the playoffs. Well, I'm not talking about a team that is like. It's not like the Buffalo Bills losing man, four straight yeah, like, Super Bowls. Ugh, this is or, so brutal. Like this is so hard. Like they've just they've not even seen a conference final. This team, outside of a COVID year, has never played in late May. What, like, how am I? How am I supposed? And to And even care? then, they got bounced in the first round. How am I supposed to care? <laughs> and and I mean, what? So it's funny too. Is the the Hawks series? I'm pretty sure it was on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Was uh, the game seven there? And so they're they're at least consistent and equal in that they ruined Father's and Mother's Day. Um, so I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that they're not. It's not just Biased. anti-dad. It's, you know, it's everyone. Anti-parent. It's, you know, like, I know everyone was there hanging out and you had the game on. And, like, I'm glad that we got both both holidays. I can't wait to see what they have for Memorial Day in the future and maybe Flag Day. Um, if we get to Flag Day, that means we're <laughs> in the finals. That's a success in and of itself. You know? That'd be pretty cool. Disgusting. I mean, it, it begs two questions, too. Like, one... I, I think the just like organizational rot and like the the character of this team it starts from the top up with the ownership group like you you have this this ownership group who we clearly have known since they bought the team do not give a shit about just the the overall like success they they see like the regular season success they see oh we're a top three team in the east that's like their gauge of success so then they go off. And they're more worried about buying the Washington Commanders and adding that to their uh, ever-changing fandom infinity gauntlet than anything else. And I think that just is just a trickle-down effect. When you have former Sixers employees on Twitter tweeting out memes of like, oh my god, it got worse. Like, that's the type of stuff that, you know, when those type of people leave that work for the team and say, like, it sucks to work for this team. And, like, it's just like an institutional thing and then it also begs the question is the wells fargo center curse because the teams in that building just do not find the the mountaintop of success who knows i i I think there's a lot of problems with the sixers there's a lot of problem with the flyers um and then this ownership group has the audacity to try to want to build a new arena in the city yeah i (laughs) honestly i i have I have just big questions for this offseason and what they do. I, they're going to have to get real creative because, again, like I 
I really don't see Harden being back with this team, and so you're you're gonna have to to figure something out, a way to to still build around this team. Um, even if look, it could even mean Maxi's gone. Like you know, like you could you could theoretically see Maxi go, and we bring in like a, a second star again with Embiid, and just see like know that we only have like a year, two years with Embiid, and just take a swing on someone and hope that we get somewhere. You know, like that's also a reality is that that Maxi's gone this summer. Um, and then you, you bring in uh, another guy to try and get him beat over the line. But I, all in all, it sucks. Yeah. It's just not, it's not fun. It's, it's and it. It just, it, it sucks me to be here again, second round, another game seven. <laughs> that just absolutely kills you. Now, obviously there's four teams left. Three of them. We have full blown disdain for, and then, the other team is the Lakers. I don't really hate the Nuggets. I honestly, I could care less. Um, I don't want to. See, I don't want to see either Miami or Boston. Honestly, I would not care if the Lakers won. I would not care if the Denver won. I really wouldn't care. I am. I am in the boat of rooting for the Lakers. I wouldn't mind seeing LeBron get another ring. I like. I said. I don't. I truly don't care. I'm checked out. <laughs> I don't care what happens to these people. Um, you know, I'll say this. Like, I. I got this way at the end of like Brady's career as well, where it's like, yeah, honestly, you know, like I wouldn't mind seeing Brady win again. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know why? Because I'll just get to say that I watched unequivocally the best ever, um, you know, and, and, and it's always going to be hard for like LeBron to overtake Jordan in that regard. But like, yeah, you know what? Another ring for him. Cool. That'd be cool. Like I, I I'd like to see that, I guess I, I wouldn't want to like deal with all the, the Lakers fans. Obviously I think that's why most people don't want to, don't want to even imagine them winning, but I really wouldn't care. I wouldn't care if Denver won because you know what? They've done it the right way. Like, you know, like it's it's not a huge market, and they've built around a guy they picked in the second round that became a two-time MVP and leads them to a championship, probably a finals MVP, and they've just built smartly. They've been aggressive, and, well, look at that. When you build around your star and, like, don't, don't waste time doing dumb shit, it works out. Who knew? That's crazy. What a concept. When you when you get guys that that fit around his strengths, that's insane. It's it's insane how that works. It's just anyone but Miami or Boston. Please. <laughs> like Boston needs another win. Christ. I, and by the way, Celtics fans, the biggest diaper fillers I've ever <laughs> listened to in my life. These people complaining. You've been in the conference finals. The Celtics alone have been in the conference finals more over the last 15 years than any Philly sports team combined. Like, mm-hmm. shut up. <laughs> like, I, this is the, they love to do this, like, dual thing where they bathe in, like, being the most successful sports town of this century. Like nobody also, has it tougher than being with a Boston Having fan. this inferiority fucking complex that is so exhausting to listen to. Like, woe is you that you that you don't like Jason Tatum's shot selection as he scores 50 in a fucking Game 7 sitting in the goddamn conference finals again. Jesus Christ. Woe it's really, really fucking tough for you guys. That's so hard. You won six Super Bowls. God damn. It is exhausting. These people, like, no self-awareness. You won two World un- Series in five years. Unbelievable. Like. Unbelievable. You've won everything. Jesus. I, I'm glad the Bruins lost. You yeah. deserve it. <laughs> you deserve Welcome it. Welcome to reality. It must it must suck real bad to get disappointed in the playoffs. Sorry your historically uh point breaking, record breaking team lost in the first round. Boo Wel- fucking who. Welcome to being a sports fan. <laughs> I like 
Sorry, you've lived such a charmed life where you have, on average, a championship every two years in Boston. God damn. Exhausting. Bunch of losers, including that kid that always has the fucking sign at their parades. Oh, you've been done. Yeah. I'm 16 and I've seen 27 championships in yeah. my lifetime. Hope something bad happens to him. Loser. Just kidding. I hope nothing bad happens to him. But it's just exhausting. It's exhausting <laughs> to listen to. These these think pieces before game seven about what does this mean? It fucking means sorry you didn't go to the conference finals four straight years. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, let's shift gears from the NBA to the baseball diamond. The Phillies out west. They win the series against Colorado. Matt, the first series win in Colorado in a decade. That is just one of the weirdest stats I've seen uh, regarding this Phillies team is that they just couldn't win in Colorado. It was a house of horrors for them. Uh, it's brought to you by our amazing March partners at PHI Apparel Company uh, who provide Unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly. And with their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. I got the Philly dog shirt on right now if you're watching on YouTube. Go cop that thing. Uh, they've got fantastic Phillies, Eagles, across-the-board merch. I'm sure nobody wants to buy Sixers merch right now, but they have that as well. Uh, Union merch and, of course, Underground Sports Philadelphia exclusive podcast merch. Our listeners can use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. Uh, and I was talking to Tyler uh, yesterday. He said the, the issue where it was charging for shipping should be fixed now, so it should be free shipping as well on all of the Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. Uh, so use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. Um, it is pretty pathetic, too, that... Um, Bryce Harper showed more fight in a game. The Phillies were losing 4-0 uh, than the, the entire Sixers team did in Game 7. Um, Bryce calling the entire Rockies organization <laughs> a fucking loser organization um, as the Phillies win 2 out of 3 there. Well, you know what's funny is the Rockies have actually been to a, a, a World Series and a, a championship uh, more recently than the Sixers. So <laughs> what does that say? What does that say? What does that make the Sixers then? <laughs> Pretty lose, pretty much a loser organization. <laughs> by the uh, by, the transitive property of sports. Have the Marlins? No, both Marlins World Series were nineties. I thought I could just it was like missed two, a two thousand. Oh no, you're right, two thousand three. Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. it was ninety six and their 03. first their first year, and yeah. then two thousand three. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Cool. The Marlins. I'm not over it. <laughs> I won't be for a long time. <laughs> I mean, the Royals have won a World Series. They went to back-to-back. The Kansas City Royals. Stupid. Pathetic. Um, Phillies lose on Monday night uh, in San Francisco, where out of the blue, they just tweet Connor Brogdon was starting the game. Bailey Falter comes in, and, I mean, it's in his name. He faltered terribly he gets sent down to triple a today as we record this on tuesday um he was great last year stepped up in spots but like you have to i'm glad the phillies finally addressed it that you know when a guy goes zero and seven to start the season and is just throwing low 90s fastballs right down the middle you have to fix that um so i'm glad they're sending bailey falter down just to help him get right um but now you you got to figure out more in your rotation. Luckily, Ranger Suarez is back. 
and he looked pretty pretty solid in his outing uh, on a pitch count in Colorado. But for the first time all year, it feels like the Phillies finally have their rotation in place with where they want it to be with Nola Wheeler, Ranger, Taiwan Walker, and then you go your fifth starter. <laughs> first of all, San Francisco is also very high on the list of, of hate cities. <laughs> oh, one thousand uh, percent. Just it's a it's a top five for me. That might be a good summer idea is to to really like not just like here at the top, but like really go in depth of why the Mount what, Hate more the Mount Hate more of uh, of of cities, um, cities, and then the the specific players. Yeah, yeah, that's that'd be that'd be hard with the Giants. Just pick any of them. But um, yeah, the, the the pitching I think has been a story for us to start the year. Um, not just with the Phillies, like this is definitely a league wide thing. We talked mm-hmm. about the offense being at, at a higher level and, and pitching struggling a little bit this year across all of baseball. Um, yeah, I, I think you're definitely like depending now a little bit more on Taiwan Walker and um, again, I, I think this is this is going to be a big priority. Uh, for the Phillies, but also a lot of teams at the deadline. We saw it last year. There was a lot of teams at the deadline uh, fishing for, for guys. It's uh, how we ended up with Thor, <laughs> which, by the way, feels like... <laughs> Can you believe that was within the last 12 months? No. Like, they... It's in the last six months. Just... <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, you know, but... And, and the Phillies shows at that time, too, to kind of go... Like, there was tiers of pitchers, and they, they went a tier below... Um, what you got like Quintana at the uh, mm-hmm. at, at that deadline, right? Like they went a tier below kind of the the top tier pitchers available in terms of talent, control, whatever, however you want to break it down. Um, I'd kill for Thor right now. I mean, honestly, like I, not I'm not sure what happened there, but I I think that they're gonna have to get aggressive at the deadline and and make it make an addition here because i'm not sure that you have the horses uh, for the season once you get to the playoffs i think this team can manage fine Mm -hmm. we saw it last year in the playoffs like it you know it wasn't perfect but i I think it it worked um and you you obviously hope too that you have some some young guys maybe make a a breakthrough and ranger suarez is back like working his way back from injury and you know you expect a huge boost you expect for sure that like over the the course of the next few weeks and months he's gonna improve but um yeah i think that's the only part of this phillies team that's I would say weakness uh, and you know it's not great to be in that position and it just feels like every year the Phillies are like a pitcher too short um, but you know like it, you also pay that price when you're paying so many positional players mm-hmm. you know though and that's what's winning your games too a lot of the time now is uh, you know guys that can get you to six seven runs a game and I mean it's in you say it's across baseball it's not like the Phillies are the only postseason team from last year that that are struggling like the Mets are 20 and 22. They were in the playoffs last year and won 101 games last year. Uh, the Cardinals are 17 and 25. The Padres are 20 and 22. Like the the defending world champions are only three games over 500 and not even in first place in their own division. So like it's a league wide thing where like there's successful teams that it's still in the grand scheme of a 162 game season. You're you're not even a third of the way through so you still have time to to kind of gauge where you are the Phillies are trying to get back from injuries you hope Andrew Painter comes along with his injury issue and becomes something for you whether it's you know uh, a sixth starter a fifth starter or out of the bullpen whatever it may be but they're definitely going to have to assess uh 
starting pitching and, and hope somebody comes along for them. Um, but I mean, they're, they're 20 and 21 tied with the Marlins right now for second place in the division. And the only reason the Marlins are ahead of them is because they have that tiebreaker over them head to head. And once you, once you finish this giant series, uh, you come home for six against the Cubs and Diamondbacks before that 10 game road trip against all NL East opponents, which is going to be a, a real big stretch run for this team and, and kind of figuring out where they go into the month of June and, and figuring out pre all-star break where you want to see this team be, you know, when the trade deadline comes around. <laughs> I just, I can't believe this summer we're going to have to like litigate the Sixers and then also like deal with, uh, deal with the, the Phillies and, the Phillies are hilarious in that, like, they're, like, and everyone has a friend like this that has, like, a brand new car, and it takes, like, three vacations a year, yet is constantly texting the group chat about how broke they are, and, like, like you have Bryce Harper, and you're complaining, like, that you don't have the money, or that, oh, I don't know how this happened, like, a little behind on rent, it's like, how? What are we doing? <laughs> Phillies also need Trey Turner to step up. Did you buy like, you bought a Tesla? I am I supposed like, and you need a self park feature, <laughs> like, and you you didn't pay your electric bill. I you know like I I don't know what to tell you. It, they are the drill tweet of yeah. like, <laughs> spending thirty two hundred dollars on candles and their family is starving. Um, they re they really have not like Zach Wheeler is the only addition that they've made of like. A big addition. Tywin mm -hmm. Walker was like a – they paid him rotational money. They yeah. did not, like, pay him, like, top three guy money really even. They've, they've developed NOLA from your system. You've, you've, they have not spent even a moment's thought about going all out. All they're spending is bullpen. It's it's unreal. Like, I get it. I, I get that bullpen is, like, you got to just, like, throw a bunch of darts. How have we not once <laughs> just thrown a bag at someone? I know that – it can be scary, and then the, the cliff can be steep. But Christ. see, Patrick Corbin, I you, I just thank God we avoided that disaster. Well, talk about sliding doors moment. I mean, and I mean, it, I guess on the, on the opposite end of things, it is a positive that two of your your pitchers in your rotation were developed from your minor league system with Nolan Ranger Suarez. Yeah, I mean that's that's good, but you know, and and we'll see obviously what happens with Painter, but um, it's just it's. It's annoying when you watch other teams develop this stuff so well and also, like, make good free agency signings so well in this area. And, like, the Phillies have just not done that. Phillies have been, like, relatively good at getting positional guys and mm -hmm. getting them at value, too. Like, you know, like, I don't think – Phillies have not really signed, like, a bad contract. No. You know, like, they, there's not a, a contract, I, I think, on there where you're like, hmm, that's – that's a the Cassianos thing is still a little steep, but, like, he's had a good year. And, yeah. you know, like, last year was his first year. Like, it's fair – the, the, maybe he's a little the first shift, right? uh, positive defensive rating in his career right now. Right. Like, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe that works out. You know, like, but even then it's not like, wow, that's a terrible contract. Right. You know, like, it's just not a great contract. And again, right? he hasn't really played the position that he was brought here to play in the first place. Because Bryce Harper's been incapable of throwing a baseball for 10 months now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, as this San Francisco series continues. And I mean... Phillies just got to be better on the road, and they need Trey Turner to step up and be the Trey Turner that they gave $300 million to. Like, 700 OPS isn't going to cut it when you're Trey Turner. Yeah, definitely need a, a little more out of him. But um, 
because the Phillies this year they're nine and fourteen on the road, eleven and seven at home. So kind of sticking to the status quo of the Philadelphia Phillies, where they're a better home team. Um, but Matt, looking at the NL East run differential right now, uh, the Atlanta Braves in first place at twenty six and fifteen with a plus sixty four run differential. But they uh, they've kind of faltered a little bit recently. They just won uh, their most recent game, but. They, uh, they got swept by the Blue Jays uh, over the weekend, which was huge for the Phillies. And uh, they sit at 26-15 and 15 with a plus-64 run differential. The 20-21 and 21 Miami Marlins uh, sit with a negative-56 run differential because that's the most Marlins thing on the planet. Phillies with the same record at a negative-25. Uh, the Mets at 20-22 and 22 have a negative-16 run differential. And then the stolen franchise... Washington Nationals at 18 and 23 have a negative 20 run differential. And, uh, I mean, the National League is just like wide open. Like going into the last game of the Rocky series, Phillies were one of six teams in the National League that were over 500 at that point. Yeah. Yeah. The, and listen, like the, the little run that the Phillies went on to, by the way, like, but then like back briefly for like two days, we're back in the division race and they're back out of it again because they're six back. But, um, you know, it, but then like back on the and they were in wild card spots now. They're, they're tied like, for the third wild card. They're right going to be you know kind of shuffling around there, but you know like all it takes is they. I think they won like five straight, six straight. Yeah, five um, straight before the Rockies loss on and, Sunday. Um, you know, like that's all it takes this time of year, especially uh, to to find yourself back in like, you know, like you kind of start telling yourself some stories mm-hmm. <laughs> like at a, about where the season could go. And you know, we we've highlighted too the fact that they're they're going to finally be playing some some divisional games. It has been forever i actually i they only played the marlins in yeah the and that was that was, april, was in april still right like jesus it was the second home series yeah like that was like early april like still bring up blanket to games <laughs> and you were finally finally back at the uh, i mean you get the, the diamondbacks game. at home too uh during the this upcoming week and they're the first wild card team right now and they're yeah. by three and a half games on you so if you take care of business against the diamondbacks and are able to to manage them you're you're sitting pretty in the wild card, which is more than likely the way that this team is punching their ticket to the postseason again. Right. Unless something, you know, catastrophic happens to the Braves in which where do we sign? Well, I've Ronald Acuna on my fantasy baseball team, so I'm you know <laughs> I'm playing both sides that way I come up on top no matter what, you know? <laughs> um and I mean not every team can be the, the nineteen and three at home and thirty one and eleven overall Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> Remember what? Who was it from there that we were like talking about hiring as like a front office oh, guy? Oh, uh, it was uh, Kyle Bloom. Why <laughs> went to the Red Sox? Why did we not? And Why then... are we? Okay, here's the thing: we spent all this money on free agents. Why are we not just offering these people like twelve million dollars a year? And then just... it was Eric Neander who is still with Tampa Bay. Whatever it is you're doing there, just do it here. We will pay you three times the amount. There's no, like, you cannot tell me, and it has to be his most thankless job ever, because, like, 700 people show up to the games, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. We love, we love being the best team in baseball. Don't go to Montreal. <laughs> Please. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the most, like, disparity between, like, team success and just, like, the fan engagement. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And they just have such a cool team, too. Yeah. Wander Franco, a Rosarena, Zach Eflin's there now. Lurch. 
Unbelievable. It's unreal. And I mean, if, if you look at it too, if the Phillies were in the, the AL Central, they'd be in second place as well because there's only one team above 500 there. 23 and 19 with the Minnesota Twins. Everybody else is below 500. It must be so nice. It's like when you look at the uh, the cost of living in other countries, like, <sighs> I, you know what? I could make it happen there. <laughs> I could live in Belarus. I could do that. It is just... It's it's never easy. It's never easy. Um, but we'll see what happens with the Phils out west as the uh, West Coast road trip continues. Got two more games in San Francisco before coming back home against the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. Um, but from the baseball diamond to the Flyers announcing it's a new era, Matt, of orange and black. Um, <laughs> it's brought to you by our friends at Kenwood Beer because you might need some Kennys. Uh, to gear up for this one. It's a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs. Uh, go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see us Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store. When the Flyers are in season, you can get it at the Wells Fargo Center with the Big Kennys. Or if you're in eastern Pennsylvania, your local Whole Foods, light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Keith Jones and Danny Briere, Matt. <laughs> it's like... It's well, like, it's Groundhog Day. It's like the kids you knew in high school starting a business. <laughs> You're like, well, they all like each other, which is a good start. But I'm not sure they know what they're doing. I'm not sure that they really... Like, none of them went to school for business. <laughs> Like, I'm just not. They are us. Like, they, like, we all, I think, got called to, like, a Vima Verve meeting at some point (laughs) where someone got you in their basement and fed you, like, the worst energy drink you've ever had in your life and, like, whatever leftover chips they had in their house. I'm just trying to convince you on this. You're like, I don't know, man. Like, you seem really cool, and you all seem really into this, but I I just, I'm not buying it. And that's, that is the sense I get about this. I and it just came out of nowhere. It, well, the Danny Briere thing, he's been getting, like, fluffed up yeah. for the last, like, year Because he's half. been working in the front office for the other, uh, like, minor league team that Spectacore owns. So, at least he's been, like, doing the front office thing. Keith Jones is just, like... Such a wild card. <laughs> I'm just, like, that is a deeply unserious move. It is... Danny Briere, at least, like, I get it. I, I can see like this is his career. I path. can see the logical progression and like, okay, this this makes sense. You've been investing time and resources in Daniel Briere. Okay, I get it. Keith Jones was just on TV two months ago. I he was co-hosting the morning show before <laughs> Cataldi retired. I and like, I, don't get me wrong. I like I, Keith Jones like the person. He's, he's hilarious. He's like a nice guy. I just don't like. I'm not sure that he's qualified for that i just it was just such a weird move it's always like too like and it happens more with coaches like listen it worked for steve kerr right and i guarantee you i will almost bet my entire life that someone in the flyers front office who probably like pays attention tangentially to to basketball is like well it worked for steve kerr and the warriors and like we could be that but with front office people you get the tv guy it's not i i find it very hard to believe this is going to work um I think our I think our embargo on Flyers talk is gonna uh, continue. I, I think they're I think they're sending us an early smoke signal to just not take this team seriously. They also hired three other people um, 
to be part of the front office. They're calling it like a um, a triumvirate. I think. Well, let's I think just call it a hive mind, guys. They. It's just this never. This does not work well. I. I just. I don't. I don't see. Name me another time in sports history. Where like it was a bu- it was a group of people making like high high level decisions, and it works because it just doesn't. You can have like people that consult, but ultimately it's got to be like a person making that choice. And I, 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 who knows? I think the the one tiny sliver of like shining bright light on this is that Dave Scott's gone, and I think that's going to at least help with the management aspect you know from the comcast spectacor side of things um from everybody i've talked to that's like around or adjacent to the flyers seem to and and this is like people that don't work for the team they just like cover the team uh this daniel hilferty guy he apparently is like uh it's a positive in terms of the the comcast spectacor zeitgeist but by the way spectacor Absolutely terrible name. It sounds yes. like it sounds like a generic evil corporation from like a two thousand four horror movie. It it sounds like the uh, the the syndicate that uh, the villain from the Incredibles is part of. It sounds like that. It sounds like something from like Resident Evil Syndrome like and Spectacor. The, the Spectacor drug. The Spectacor implant. It turned people into fucking zombies. And I think this whole process, too, of of the hiring of Keith Jones and Daniel Breer is not aided by the fact that the Flyers got the seventh pick in the lottery. So, because they they were circling the drain and then just like stopped. I, I, and the Flyers are the kings of being terrible all year and ending up with an absolutely like abomination of a pick every year. They're the Washington Wizards. Of of hockey, because they're they're always bad, but they're never bad enough. They're they're never bad enough, and they never mm-hmm. make the right decisions about the future of the team. That that has been their path for the last like ten years now. Has been they've always just kind of sucked, and have never would admit that they suck, and are always like, oh, like we're gonna we're gonna be aggressive at the trade deadline. Watch out for us. We're gonna we're gonna get Kyle Kuzma and Chris Epps Porzingis, and we're gonna we're gonna be good this year. We are the tenth pick in the draft. You are no man's land. You are yeah. you were getting nowhere with 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 that. So it's tough. It is tough. Um, and I mean, the the only other takeaway I had from it too is that they finally, in a team addressed statement from one of the the front office people, is the word rebuild was used. Which I feel like that is the one word. The Flyers as a whole have tried to dance around for the last decade. I believe when I say it, hundred percent. But I feel like that was like one of those things that they were like, "You can't, you can't say rebuild, can't say it." Well, not I, allowed to say that. I word. wonder if uh, the the empty seats this year and and the the takeovers by like divisional rivals is maybe. But I mean, even then, they don't care because the tickets are being sold. So very true. Um, the. Uh, Last segment here, Survivor 44, brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Uh, They've been repping with us since 2020. Sunglasses, blue light glasses, ski goggles, prescription lenses, Tyson Apostle, part of the Tomahawk family. Uh, Been seeing 
our good old pals, the Miami Marlins, because one of their coaches is one of the owners of Tomahawk Shades. Seen Jazz Chisholm wearing the Tomahawk Shades while he's playing. Um, you guys can rep Tomahawk Shades as well. When you go to TomahawkShades.com, get everything into your cart, gear up for the, the summer months, get your blue light glasses for inside and protect your eyes from those violent blue light rays. Uh, use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com. Code USP for 25% off your order. And Matt, I wanted to put my Tomahawk shades on uh, during Tribal Council last week because our guy, Danny, voted out at the last Tribal Council. Tough. At least he went out in a cool way with a, with a nice move by Carolyn, uh, the main character of the season, <laughs> for sure. She had a, a great play, and she did what I, I like. What I like from players, don't tell anyone about your idol. Mm -hmm. Don't don't say a word. Genuinely forgot she had it. I, be honest, me too. And I I love I love that uh, she clearly had not told anyone. Like Carson was shocked. Um, she she had hid it from her closest allies. Which you know what? Cool. Like, you know, it, it's been tough in the last few seasons because a lot of times you get these advantages, you like lose a vote, so you kind of have to confide in someone. You know, especially like a, a close ally, like, listen, like we need to like do something about the numbers because I don't have a vote. So I, 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 I think it's great. I, I, I love that she did that. I love that it's, it's a big moment for her. I do worry that maybe, you know, people will maybe pay attention to that, but, um, it was a big move. Um, and you know, I, I, she is also like, this is not the first time she picks up on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like she, She's like not just like a fun character and like a, a fun person, but like she's like good at this game. Like she picked up on like I, I she knew that Carson was on the chopping block. She's like, the player that is lurking in the shadows yes. and like she's watching more, the game within the game. She's way more intuitive than I think people there give her credit for. Um, and I don't know if that's just like the edit is not showing us like their true feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes she gets played up a little bit as like the kooky wild lady, which she like. That's definitely part of her personality, right. but I th I think she's genuinely like she's not just like fun and entertaining. I think she's genuinely good at the game. Like I think she's she's very good at reading people. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think she really is. She's maybe not as like the theory like Carson is like where he's like really like thinking like not that she's not on like a, a capable, but like he seems like more intricate thinking. Whereas like feels like Carolyn just has great life experience, and when you consider what you know, what she's endured through her life and what she's like, uh, like been through. And then mm -hmm. also what she does now. Like, yeah, you know, like you do learn to read people. You do learn, yep. you do learn to like know when someone's BSing you or know like people like be able to read people's intentions or their attitudes or like read their emotions, read their body language. Like she's good. Like she gets this stuff. So she's fun to watch. Um, she's been a huge bright spot on this season. Uh, so this is the breakdown of uh remaining tribe, and they're, they're starting tribe. We have three from Tika, two from Ratu, and one final member from Soka. It's Jam Jam, Carson, Lauren, Heidi, Jamie, and Carolyn. I, I think one of the Tika three is probably our winner. Um, but I've been off <laughs> on, yeah. on a winner call. So I, you know, who really knows? But if I had to pick, it's one of, it's one of those three. I don't know who... It's always hard to tell sometimes too, like w how people actually feel about them. Like it does sometimes the last few years, until we've gotten the final tribal, has not been apparent that like oh they did not respect their game at all or they mm -hmm. did not 
think that they were like that good or you know whatever like that that a different opinion than we did um so i i do wonder if we get something like that but um it does like it seems like james is really well liked and people are like are recognized that he's a threat he's gotten votes like carson was like on the chopping block this past week and people recognize that he's smart and that he's like strategic and that these three people have like a good handle on the game and i don't know that people respect carolyn's game but i think if she gives a good if she makes it to a final tribal she can give she a good count win, of herself yeah. and it does also i'll say this too like her and franny had a great connection i think franny recognized that she was a good player not just like franny was like interested in learning from her as a person i think franny recognized that there was a good player in there and like that seems like she, franny seems like the type of person that would be sitting at ponderosa advocating for another player and mm-hmm. it could be you know like seems like that i don't know that like People like Lauren or, or Heidi are out of it. I, I know I've said this, and this is like the kiss of death, and really it's the exact opposite. It's the kiss of being a millionaire. I don't see Jamie winning, but I've said this about Survivors yeah. in the past few seasons, But and like it's always been that person wins, so that congrats person. Jamie, I guess. But um, I I don't think people – I genuinely, I, I don't think people see her as a threat, and I don't think people – like her like idol story I think was like a – illustration of like people maybe not taking her seriously yeah. and um you know just be like ah jamie like nice lie nice mm-hmm. a nice attempt you know you're trying you're playing the game you know <laughs> nice good for you um that's i think that's people's attitude towards her um and we just haven't seen much out of side of that but um, it does feel like the tika three are like dominating this part of the game and listen like right now you know they're <laughs> they're in with a shot so yeah and i mean if you're Lauren, Heidi, and, and Jamie, like, you now can go together, and then you split things, and then it's pure chaos uh, with six people, and then you just got to hope one of those three win immunity if you want to take out any of the Tika three. Um, Danny becomes the third longest uh, tenured winner of our picks. Got past James. Um Still still haven't found our winner yet, Matt. No, but you know what? I'll say this. When you're just cold picking off of 20 names and headshots, I, I got to say. The fact that we've gone four. Getting to the merge. We've gone four like, for four of getting to the merge at the bare minimum. You know, I'll take it. I will, I will, I will ask. And Danny was a good player. I think, you know, I think he actually had like a pretty good shot of like if he made it to a final three of winning. Um, but again, you never know how people are read and how people come across, uh, in their like personal interaction, but he did seem like someone that people liked. And I, I like too, that he was like, I was like when people, and it's hard, uh, you know, when you're getting voted off and you're losing your shot, I always like when people kind of take it in stride mm-hmm. and he was like, it was a good play, you know, and he did the De Niro, De Niro. thing. <laughs> That's cool. You know, like I, I do like when players sort of like. I think they remind themselves that, yeah, you know, it's for a million dollars and you want to win a million dollars, but it's also like, it's a game. You had a lot of fun and it's you know, an experience like, of a lifetime. You, you respect kind of the, that it happened, that you got voted out. You know, it sucks, but it happens. Danny's another guy that I feel like we could see play again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, going into this week with Survivor. And I mean, we're, we're four for four on the jury and this is a pre 90 minute episode. So we'll see, uh, you know, next season what happens with, the 90 minute runtime of survivor and our, our pick going into season 45. But, uh, unfortunately Danny voted out 10th player voted out fifth member of the jury down to the final six. And, uh, it's only going to get more 
wild and chaotic on Survivor 44. Uh, make sure you follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter. Follow Matt on Twitter at, at Matt Castarina. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple. Leave a five-star rating on Spotify. It does go a long way for helping more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and our entire network of podcasts, trying to grow this thing even more, and the podcast reviews do go a long way. So leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. And uh, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week. Every podcast on our network, shorts, clips, live streams, original content, it's all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia, where we are currently sitting at 458 subscribers, trying to get to 500 before Memorial Day. Uh, I have about two weeks to get there, uh, so go subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, and comment down below your thoughts on everything Matt and I discussed on tonight's episode. And of course, this podcast presented by the city of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a business startup uh, that's brand new, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. And be sure to get your merch at phiapparel.co code underground for 10% off any and all orders. But this has been episode number 534 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Till next time, we're getting the heck up out of here and we are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for